0: The Fontanelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontanelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good
1: afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield talking to you from Washington, D.C., where Corn Congress will officially be getting underway later this evening. Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney. And I think the first place, if we're going to have green on the screen with corn, What a great opportunity to have it when I'm standing around a bunch of corn producers in Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, I'm glad for you, Susan. I'm glad it's a whole (laughs) lot more fun when the screen's green versus red to be with the producers. So good deal. I'm tickled to hear that. Um, Yeah, and I hope we can have some more follow-throughs throughout this week uh, with green.
1: Now, you did talk um, before we started the final bell about how corn was six cents off of last week's close so far in the market.
0: Yeah yeah that's right. Uh, last week last we're six, six cents off of last week's close if you look at a weekly chart and that that's healthy. I mean here we are only looking at Tuesdays and so that's pretty optimistic. but if we can close this week, with a higher close, even a significantly higher close, um, that would be very healthy in the in the corn and the soybeans, as far as the technical trade is concerned. Um, I think there's some some of the funds may be trapped in some positions that they would uh, possibly have a have a short leash on. So it'd be nice to see some um, uh, short covering taking place here. But I think if we get a weekly close that's strong in both of these markets, we could see some accelerated um, fund cl- cl- uh, covering next week.
1: Now, looking at, at the numbers, and we did have the crop ratings that came out yesterday from the USDA, you're saying what we saw in those numbers, though they were a drop, were pretty much justified?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, now, our crops here in Nebraska is a little bit deceiving because uh, the producers we talked to are saying that you know they're in really good shape with their irrigated crops. They really haven't had to, uh, any Tremendous challenges. Now, there's been some hail spots area, and if that's you, that you know, it feels a whole lot different, of course. But overall, I think we're in really great shape, and the non irrigated in Nebraska is in tremendous shape in most areas. So, I think in this area, it's a little bit deceiving. You get into the central part of the belt, um, and that's where the crop rating adjustment going from, um, you know, 75 percent in corn good to excellent um, I think the market or the trade was expecting a slight drop in that this week it went from 75% down to 72% that is a bigger drop than the market anticipated and even in over in soybeans they were 71% the prior week in the good to excellent category they, they expected that soybean to stay about the same and it dropped it from 71 to 69 now I think that's a little bit of a surprise to the market, uh, that it dropped as much as it did in both markets. But I think if um, uh, the market really looks at what's going on and has taken place in some of these areas, probably very well justified so i don't think it's a fluke i think it's justified and we might see a
1: continuation of that here also you know troy speaking with some corn producers this morning um they said it didn't surprise them that they saw the drop like they had because we came out of the shoots, as they put it with such high numbers there was no real place to go except down
0: yeah that's right and they're 100 percent right i appreciate that uh, looking at the larger perspective, which is what did we come out of last year with as far as stocks to use is concerned. We came out with just a little bit under 15% stocks to use. That's a really high number. Uh, world stocks to use was high as well. And so the the, uh, the carry-in this year was very strong at a large inventory to work with. Um, and so the, the move up that we had in the corn market. It took us into the end of May. Um, there were some issues going on with planting and replanting, so we ended up pushing up to 429 at, on May 29th. From there, we bottomed out last week at 350 on that December futures. You know, such so a 79 cent drop in that same period of time. Soybeans dropped two dollars and 34 cents. Now, some of that can be blamed on uh, political. Uh, political issues, tariffs, uh, that have been enacted now. Now, at the same time, I think a lot of it's justified just with the simple supply and demand of these markets. Um, And and with those type of drops, you usually get a recovery recovery period. Sometimes it's June, sometimes it's July. Um, And we might be on the front end of that recovery period right now. That's what we'll have our fingers crossed hoping for.
1: We're kind of in that in that key point for corn as well we know that pollination is going on um cooler temperatures though is what they're talking about not only in nebraska but in many areas of the midwest could we see an increase you know in, in crop produ- uh, production numbers next week because of it and progress i mean
0: yeah i think you're right we're in such a critical pollinating stage that what what i understand i'm not an agronomist but what i understand is the overnight lows are very critical um and two weeks ago our overnight lows were not dropping off that um strong enough so i think that's where some of our ratings might have slipped um and and we'll just have to see what you know the, the forecast is we'll start seeing a little bit of um uh, shorter days here in the next few weeks. And then also the overnight lows may be a little bit easier also. So they could ease up on some of those crop ratings um, and we might see that. At the same time, um, this is a typical time that you do get corrective
1: action in the corn and beans. Uh, the funds are coming into the shorts, So if the
0: funds do some short covering, we could see um, these markets potentially get up uh, in some areas that we might uh, want to take some more protection or get some more coverage, in on.
1: And I love the fact it is the um, 17th of July, and that's normally when we start to see an uptick in the corn price.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's right here in the middle of July. Sometimes it gets into August as well in the soybean market. Uh, but it's nothing that's um, out of the ordinary at all. And so um, if you look back historically, Uh, the the, the spring high sometimes it is sometimes it's not taken
1: out All right. well stick around folks we do have more of the Fontenelle final bell coming up on the Rural Radio Network welcome back to the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network I'm Susan Littlefield Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney Nebraska as we look at the happenings of these markets you brought up a really good point uh, during the break and that's the fact that we've got to be ready as grain producers to take advantage of these recent moves because then it brings it back to how much old crop is sitting out there and is now the time to get that old crop moved off the farm
0: yeah i think so it depends on all kinds of factors as far as cash flow for guys that's a major factor cash flow um payments that are needing to be made um at the same time um following basis in in certain areas every area is different but your area might have a a little bit better basis than with the lower futures price that we've incurred here on corn. You might have a different basis to look at than you realize and uh, you know they're still making ethanol every day and they're still feeding cattle every day so there's a demand for these um, commodities and and so I would take a look at the opportunity right now if I had some old crop and get some pricing targets that with those end buyers because they might be um, a little bit friendly to work with you. So and that's all I would say is inventory management right now. Be ready
1: to move those bushels given the opportunity that you want here this summer. Are we going to start to see the harvest pressure fade for this week, contracts?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think you could. Um, you, uh, and, and as far as the, you know, there's going to be Early harvest is going to start in the south, and then you're going to see the, uh, you know, that just obviously moves north. And then uh, so we'll get into some feed, feed um, items that they're harvesting. And as they do that, sometimes that's when your basis starts to um, fall apart a little bit, if you will. And so if you can get in just ahead of that, I think some of your, your basis holds together. Um, but you have to play that out with the opportunity in the futures market as well, but um, waiting along your way sometimes doesn't always isn't always your benefit.
1: And obviously our exports have been on the quieter downside, are we going to continue to see that influence coming from all this this trade and tariff discussions, or is it going to be to the point, these countries are going to need grain, they're going to need the high quality grain, so they may just have to come back to the U.S.?
0: Absolutely. Um, Typically, China does not start buying soybeans in in a large way until we get into our harvest. And so we're not there. They're typically buying their soybeans from Brazil right now, which they are. And so we'll transition into a period of time where, as our harvest begins on soybeans, in my opinion, we'll see our our soybeans will make it to the points of the world where need, they need to get to because um, there's a desire for those buyers to get them. Uh, they'll find a way to get them, and and whether it's you know lifting of tariffs, you know that's yet to be seen. But they will find a way to get get a hold of those products because there is a high need there, and that that should help demand a little bit tick up at that period. Um, but you know, it, it's political. Who's going to? That's anybody's guess. That's for sure.
1: From a technical perspective, let's look over at the livestock side of the cattle. Live saw some higher numbers today, not a lot, but the feeders were on the downside. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, feeders, uh, you're right. Feeders were down just a little bit. I'm looking at like August down sixty, but your September-October contract down 30 cents each. You get out to a little bit of the deferred. November was pretty much unchanged up a nickel. January uh, uh, up 15 cents. So. Uh, a little bit of disparity there, but on this nearby, uh, with the inventories we're seeing, we we'll probably had a little bit of a pullback. Um, and then over in the live cattle, a little bit different story. Live cattle, um, October's up 17, December's up 22, uh, February just unchanged, the nickel higher, um, not a big change there. But when you look at the overall trends, and I look at these on a weekly basis, um, I try not to get tied up into the daily um Change as much as the weekly special line cattle because they can really move on yet. But um, when you look at the weekly live cattle, uh, we were you know last week is low, and I'm talking about the December contract at 109.80. We went home today at 112.92. So that's been a tremendous move up on those on the live cattle out on that December contract. Um, it's you know you, you have to. Um, you know, give it, give, give it its, its worth for what it's doing for you today. And we did see it move up. Um, and we have you know, traded higher than we did last week. So cattle are on the move right now.
1: And the cash, from the perspective, is pretty quiet. I mean, we're early into the part of the week. So hopefully we'll see a, a pickup pretty good to give some guys some ideas on what we're going to have.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You usually don't see that cash movement and, uh, until latter part of the week, and so um, it might be a fairly quiet at this time. Um, we did close higher today than we um, than yesterday's low, although like the December live cattle only up twenty two cents doesn't look like anything impressive.
1: What is the best way for folks to reach you, Troy, to talk these markets? <laughs>
0: You bet. Just call call us here, Smart Yogi-Farney at 308-234-6805.
1: All right, that is the Fontenelle final bell for you, brought to you by Fontenelle and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.